Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuning to your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things when you're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Hope you've downloaded that. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And finally, you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And here's a fun fact for you. It takes over 300 dedicated volunteers from across the country working a full week to decorate the inside and outside of the White House. And joining us today is Miss Valerie Cox. She got invited back for this year. So this is her second year that she's gotten the opportunity to help transform the White House into a winter wonderland. So welcome back, Valerie. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I want to say congratulations. Is that fair? Like, I mean, is it is it fair to say congratulations? She got to go back again because I don't think everybody, not everybody's getting to go. Right. I think it is something to be celebrated. We applaud just like every other volunteer. You can't say that you decorated in the past and um, select which years. I met one lady. She hadn't been back in about 10 years, and she got to go back this year and worked out for her. So it's really fun to get to see and to get to hear those stories as well. Well, I think it's super cool. I think it's probably, uh, you would usually say, an opportunity of a lifetime. Now you've gotten to do it twice. Um, so let's talk about the volunteer process, because somebody next year wanna might want to be able to try and knock you off of going for the third year in a row by volunteering. So how do you sign up for this, Valerie? How soon in advance are you thinking about Christmas and decorating the White House? They usually start in late summer, I would say, um, the end of July or first part of August, they'll put out a press release, and they'll say when the applications are open. And then I only take applications to decorate the White House, but you can apply to be a hostess at one of the holiday parties they offer, and you would give out booklets to the people as the, the holiday guests as they leave. And you can also, musical groups can apply to actually play in the White House at those parties. And so there's three different applications, and you can apply for whichever one you like. And um, I believe the applications were due at the end of August, and then we did not find out until the first part of October that we had been selected. And it's usually one of those quick turnarounds, correct, Valerie? I'm remembering back to last year when you got the opportunity to go. It's kind of like, hey, you've been selected, and you're coming real soon. Was that sort of the same? This year, we did get a little more advanced notice that we were selected. We had probably about three or four more weeks to kind of plan and, um, you know, make an itinerary of what you were going to get to sightsee on your off time. 
Well, that's a little bit nicer. You're not crunched for time, but you really didn't need that extra time this time. You're pros at it. You could have used that last year when it was your first time to sort of figure it out. So now that you're going back the second time, how was it different and how was it the same? Well, I knew more of what to expect and, you know, what to pack. You know, I knew that I didn't need, you know, a lot of fancy, you know, dress clothes because, you know, you're tree flocking and sewing trees and, you know, doing, you know, Thing, messy projects, and so I knew kind of to leave those at ha- those at home, and so it was better to know what to pack, and also I got to see some of the things that I wanted to see but didn't have time. I went down to Mount Vernon, and, you know, last year I was trying to sightsee as much as I could, so I just kind of stayed more around the D.C. area. So it was nice this year to get to go and explore. What's the one thing you got to see this year that was your favorite? Um, it was actually at the American History Museum, Dorothy's Ruby Red Slippers. Last year, they were renovating that exhibit, so I got to go back and see that this year. What size shoe did she wear? I'm not sure. It was a very small foot. I was thinking, it has to be a really tiny foot. I was just thinking them to be a little bit smaller than people may give it credit for. But what's not small is how you guys transformed the White House. You and 299 other volunteers from around the country get to come and sort of do that for a week. So what does that week sort of look like? What is sort of your day and your itinerary when you're not sightseeing and you're actually doing decorations? Because, you know, I'd take a full day to do that at my house and transform my small home Valerie and I'm exhausted I can't imagine like a full week of Christmas transformation going on I mean that is is a little bit overwhelming so what did your days kind of look like the week is split up into two different parts it's the first three days before Thanksgiving and then on Thanksgiving we don't have any volunteer um, duties that day and then it's the three days after Thanksgiving so there's a lot of volunteers that only come for the last three days and some do come for just the first, but there's a good bit of us that stay the whole week. The first two days are spent at an off-site facility. Just how we store things in the attic, they have an off-site, off-site facility where they're able to store all the decor- Christmas decorations from garlands to, um, you know, the tree picks to ornaments to lights. It's all stored there. And so just like an average family would, you know, pull things and reuse them from year to year, that's what the White House does, too. And so I think that is just an incredible thing um, because, you know, that's just, you know, it's what everyone does. And so I think that's great that they're able to reuse and to recycle. And so, you know, things that we used last year, I saw in one of our rooms, and we're able to use this year in a different room. And so I just thought that was really cool. And then, so that was on Monday and Tuesday. And then um, on Wednesday was our first day in the White House. And so we were able to kind of set up, you know, we have to unload the boxes because we actually, at the off-site facility, we um, box everything up that we're taking with us. And there's a Secret Service dog that comes through and checks. Um, you know, to make sure everything's safe. And we actually, we didn't get to meet her, but she had little trading cards. And so her name was Layla. So we all got a little trading card this year, which I thought was really fun. That is fun. It's also funny, but I mean, it's a good thing that they're they're checking. But you're like, you're wondering, like, you know, what's in the tinsel? You know, like, we don't right. need. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. And so on Wednesday, we unbox everything and get to put it in its um, designated areas and just kind of start getting to, like, organize everything. And we're divided into teams. And so once we unbox or 
um, undid all the trucks with the boxes. Every team just kind of split up and organized their area, got started on craft projects again and things like that. And then we came back on Friday. I'd say each team probably has about 25 to 30% more volunteers. And so we kind of start to hit or hit the ground running those days, just, you know, laying things out, you know, start your projects, start putting garland up, um, you know, everything is already, the trees are lit when we come in, but this year our team did light some of the garlands, so that was fun. And then, um, you know, Saturday is very busy as well, and then Sunday is just kind of full throttle. You know, we're all just, you know, busy little elves running around. And it's funny because, you know, you see it and you think, oh, okay, and then it's Sunday, you know, the last two hours you're like, wow, you know, this is, you know, it looks so good. It actually comes together, so it's fun to get to see the transformation. Is there a moment or a celebration at the end, Valerie, where, like, there's the plugging in, you know, I'm I'm thinking, like, the, you know, Christmas vacation sort of movie, you know, where the or whatever it may be, where there's that one moment where it all comes in to shine, or is it just kind of all going together, and then you get that moment to stop and pause and walk around and see everyone's collective effort? Um, It all just kind of comes together at the same time. There is a, when they move the gingerbread house, um, HGTV films that. But we all line up in the grand foyer in the cross hall, and they bring it in the door, and we all cheer. And the uh, pastry chef brings it, and her team bring it in. And this year they had the Property Brothers with them, too. So that's kind of a fun moment to get to see them bring it in because we haven't, we're not allowed to see it until then. They're, they make it in the china room, put it together there. And so it's fun to get to see the, how it fits in with the theme and to get to see it, and it's always breathtaking. You usually stay into sort of one area or have one room to work in. Was that the same this year for you, Valerie? Did you get to do a different room? I did. We were, um, our team had five areas. We were in the East Foyer, the East Colonnade, the Cross Hall Grand Foyer, and the China Room. And I mainly helped in the Grand Foyer and Cross Hall, which are right by each other. I also know the First Lady usually picks a theme for the year. What was the theme this year, Valerie? It was was the night before Christmas because it's the 200th anniversary of it. Oh, that's really cool. Were there any special nods to the states this year, each individual state? Yes, the Blue Room Tree had um, it had a train that went around it, and they had kind of like little cityscapes within the tree. And so each of the cityscapes had um, like a little gift tag almost with the state and territory name on it. So I did have to take some time and find Mississippi. Well, that is really cool, Valerie. I appreciate your time here on Good Things. Congratulations again for the second year. Hopefully you'll get to go and do a third year. You really will be a a pro at this. I appreciate that the White House waits till Thanksgiving to put up all of its Christmas decorations, and it's not back in, like, August or September. So (laughs) they get Thanksgiving its time. So congratulations, girl, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. You as well. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. He's got a winner's goggles. your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner. 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Malakaliki Maka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting. Sounds like he had too much eggnog. <laughs> what is he saying? Does he even Malakaliki know? Maka. You really, did you really say that right? I did. What does it mean? Uh, it's basically Merry Christmas in Hawaiian. Oh, that's actually an appropriate song to bring us back into good things, which we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But if you are driving down Highway 90 on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, you'll get to see Sandy Man. Apparently, he's a snowman, but he is a – well, he's not a, he's a sand man who – it's made but not the sleepy sn- kind. But not the sleepy kind. And he's a snowman, but not the snowy kind. And so it's really complicated. But he. <laughs> particle man, particle man. <laughs> but basically, he has made an appearance back on Past Christiane Beach. And apparently, he pops up every year for the last eight years over Thanksgiving break. And he's become kind of an iconic holiday landmark. If you haven't seen it or you'd like to see it, you can find it over on the Good Things Facebook group. I posted a link there. And it's a that it takes a lot of effort to get that much sand into a mound and then into another mound. Now, he kind of looks like a, a droopy Sandman, snowman, I don't know what to say. But because if you've ever tried to build a sand castle, it doesn't hold that snow does a better job of holding the form of a ball better than sand ever will or would. It's more of a sand mound than a sand ball. But hey, I appreciate it. They worked hard at it. And he's hanging in there for, I guess, a little while longer. So you can spot him, and I guess kids, I'm sure, and people enjoy spotting him now. I don't know. You may know who puts it up or claims it, but from what I can tell, it's kind of, that's the pun of it. You just wake up one morning, and, and, there he is. and he's back, which I think is kind of neat. So instead of catching Santa, kids can set up traps to catch whoever's bringing the shenan. I can't come. I can't. I cannot think of a different... <laughs> Of a way to smorgasbord them together, but it's cool. sand pile snowman. Sand pile snowman. It's a cool way of thinking about it, or sort or sort of saying it. If you miss uh, Valerie Cox, who was just with us, she is one of the three hundred that helped decorate the um, White House this for this Christmas. Do appreciate that they wait till Thanksgiving. But when she mentioned it was fun to put the lights on some of the garland, which um, many of you may have done that in your own home or have to still light your own trees you probably saw my face it's like no that's not fun at all considering they have like 142,000 holiday lights that are decorating the trees the garlands the wreath and the display there in the white house putting on lights on trees and garlands is hands down least favorite thing to do and people have figured it out because over the years all of the technology, all of the neat tricks and hacks that human beings have come up with to shorten the process of putting said lights in places is like mind blowing. 
I mean, some of you remember back back in the day when you had to go outside and actually string lights in your bushes if you wanted the bushes to have that nice glow. No, man, now they got that Spider-Man web things. You just sort of pull out of the thing and throw it on there. Some Somebody somewhere had an, an absolute hissy fit and said there has to be a better way that we can come up and engineer getting lights onto these bushes every every Christmas year, as well as to like in the trees, they've come up now where you don't even have to put lights in them. You can have the little spotlight thingy madoodle that pops up like little images in the trees that spin around and it looks like little lights, projector kind of deal. little projector sort of thing that makes it super simple and now there's a whole new industry niche niche is that a better word niche industry niche industry where two of them one you can pay someone to come and just decorate the whole shebang with you which hey if you've got the disposable income i ain't knocking it because that that can get incredibly frustrating and time-consuming and all the things. Sounds like a good idea, but when you start lugging those boxes out of the attic, undoubtedly you said, somebody needs to come and just put these up for me. And they can, and they will. Number two, though, that you may have seen in some of your neighborhoods or that's gaining popularity is this idea of permanent Christmas lights where they come and like around your house or outlining your roof line or whatever you may enjoy. They actually will come. They will put them up. So it's like a one and done kind of install. Think about like where you're coming and putting in your um, gutters or whatever it may be. And then people are utilizing them for like their LED so they can change throughout the year. So now you can have like Mardi Gras lights or you can have red for uh, Valentine's Day or you can do red, white and blue for your um Fourth of July celebrations or your Memorial Day celebrations or whatever it may be. And then obviously they're already there for you come Christmas time. So it's kind of like a one-time investment. And then you may have to change out a light bulb or two, but, and then you're done for, it's, now it's like adding, you know, like when you, when you add plantation shutters or shutters to your home, they tell you that adds value to your home because people don't take those down. It, now it's like part, part of the home. Nobody takes those with them. These are becoming like value added to to your home, which I think is interesting. And I see why folks, tech tech folks would totally enjoy that. Would you be the type, Rhino, that if if said lights were already there and then some of you, you're like, oh, man, I did that years ago. I put up lights all by my lonesome and they've stayed up for the last 10 years and we just plug them SOBs in every time Christmas rolls around. I'm not getting back up there to take Plastic them down. Plastic clips, what? We use staples. <laughs> staples. <laughs> so some of you have been doing, already had this down pat, but now these are a little a little more, I guess, uh, efficient and probably sturdier and put up in a little bit different way. But would you like choose to light up all throughout the year you know how some people say just leave the christmas tree up and put all the things on it would you do that or would it just be just for christmas i don't know if i would do it all throughout the year but if i had the ability to light up the house for say independence day i think that would be a, uh -huh. a time where it would be warranted i think it'd be a little weird if it's like all right let's just look at the national calendar today 
what are we? It's Ambrosia Day. All right, it's going to be orange and yellow. We're going to we're going to match the colors to the Ambrosia salad, and that's going to be our color scheme for the day. I think that'd be a bit much. That would be a bit much, and your neighbors probably may or may not appreciate it. I do like you, you people, you people, maybe you um, that hang on to the Christmas spirit a little past like usually. You've got like January the first week, but you but and it's not that you just hang on to it. We'll get to the end of January. Man, you're still going out there and turning on those lights every night. And I appreciate it. It kind of, we, Some still linger, too, with Halloween. Some of you may still still have Halloween decorations up and just sort of incorporated those into your your, your Christmas decor. I appreciate which actually I've seen. Now, this past year, all the rage were those nine foot or 12 foot skeletons, the real big ones. They name them Bob and and everything else. People have found a way to utilize that investment, because if you are putting that kind of, I guess, um, trinket is not the right word, decoration in your front yard for Halloween, you are vested in your decor and so you want to get the most out of it so i have appreciated the newer trend which is incorporating some of those skeletons and positioning them to where they are like decorating a tree in the front yard helping to hang lights up on the house that it may be or however they sort of see it and sort of get like a two-for-one-er out of their last year Halloween kind of thing. Even in one of the box stores, there's a baby Yoda who comes with a Halloween get up, obviously. And then within the packaging, you can put a Santa hat on and it changes his little sign on the front. So you can keep him from out on your front porch from October all the way through the different the different years. I'm like, hey, why not? I mean, that's just that's that's smart thinking to me. You gotta have your festive baby Yoda. You have to have a festive baby Yoda, um, for sure. You have to leave them up until January the sixth. That's supposed to be when the wise men arrive. The uh, feast of Epiphany. 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 I can't ever get it right. Uh, Rhett and Ridgeland said, "I don't think I realized that. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. We always take it down New Year's Day. We it put it usually goes up the day after Thanksgiving, and then New Year's Day." Everything comes back down. So, what happens if you don't, Rhett? Am I missing out on some good luck? Because I'll leave them some guns up for for five more. <laughs> I can wait five more days if I if I absolutely uh, if I need to. No problem. No problem there. All right. No problem sticking with this. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
You can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also stream us from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. Tomorrow you got Sports Talk Mississippi. They're going to be live at Stone's Jewelry in Tupelo. Stone's Jewelry will have magical Christmas uh, savings throughout the entire store, and Stone's will also celebrate Sanctuary Hospice. Definitely a good thing. Make a donation to Sanctuary Hospice, and you will be registered to win prizes each hour. So here's your also your friendly reminder, boys and girls, it's 13 days till Christmas. If you want to get jewelry, then get on it. Uh, you've only got a little while longer to get in some good deals. And I saw where some new data reveals Mississippi's most in-demand gems this Christmas. So if you're wanting to know what's trending in the world of gems, I got your top three. What you got? So the first one, let's start with the third one. All right. So number three is pearls. Pearls rank third as the most in-demand gemstone, followed by opals and emeralds as fourth and fifth. So you got third, fourth, and fifth there. I feel like pearls are like a rite of passage. I feel like pearls are usually given... Like, there has a gift to, and I don't know, maybe I just never had a dude give me pearls, but it's more like I feel like pearls come from mom to daughter, or it's like for your wedding, or for your graduation, or for, like, you your first recital. Like, it's it marks something, yeah. usually, I would assume, in a young woman's life where they're doing something for the first time that requires a string of pearls or a pearl bracelet is usually one of the first gifts young girls get in terms of nice jewelry to wear to church or weddings or wherever wherever that may be. The second, who comes in second, it's diamonds. They continue to be Mississippi's, one of Mississippi's leading choice this Christmas, according to new findings. Duh. <laughs> Those are dudes buying that. There's not a whole lot of mamas out there buying diamonds for their for their little girls. It's usually that's a man thing. That's usually who is going in there to buy the diamond. And I'm painting with a broad brush. I mean, girl, if you can buy your own diamonds, get after it. You don't have to wait for a, a guy to necessarily do it. But the one that's I would ta- say there are better returns on your investment if you're doing it for yourself. But yeah. <laughs> As I agree. I do agree there. Um, okay, so the one that has taken over the classic gemstones in popularity, pushing out sa- sapphires and rubies and even diamonds down the list is, I'm gonna, I have to say it real slow. <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like. Moissanite. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, yeah. Moissanite. And it's just a funny word. In fact, that in itself would be an entire conversational piece whenever you hand over the ring or the bracelet or whatever it may be that's made out of it. And she's like, oh, this is pretty. What is it? And you're like, it's a moissanite. She'll be like, spell it. And you'll be like, I can't. I can barely, barely pronounce it. But apparently it's all the rage. It's something new. It's something different. Well, moissanite is much like cubic zirconia in the fact that about half the people buying it for a gift are not going to disclose that it's moissanite. <gasps> what? Because it is kind of considered a diamond alternative, much like cubic zirconia. But whereas cubic zirconia has, what, is it, what do they call it, the fire, the sparkle, mm-hmm. it's not as hard as diamonds. Moissanite's not as hard as diamonds either. Diamonds are like a 10 on the scale. Cubic zirconias are 
seven and a half, eight on the hardness scale, mm-hmm. and moissanite's up there around like nine and a half. So it's not quite as durable as a diamond, but it's going to be more durable than a cubic zirconia. So what you're telling us is, if it's bigger than you expected, you may want to go get it checked before you put an insurance policy out on it, just in case. Yeah, to, to put that in perspective, a carat, a one-carat diamond, is going to cost you minimum 1200 $1,500, up to $10,000, $15,000 for a one-carat diamond. Mm-hmm. A one-carat moissanite, same size, same cut, everything. Two, three hundred dollars up to maybe a grand if it's from a really fancy brand. Are boys doing that? No. No. Never bought jewelry for a girl and didn't spend near as much as you told her. You just put it in a prettier package. Like, do you do you stake out and try to get an actual box that's you know a little nicer and then. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's never about, I know it's not about the ring, but the deception would be something we would have to discuss. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. If you're both on equal playing fields of what's happening and what's going on, then two thumbs up, ready to go. But just, so if you are going that route, again, maybe you should, shouldn't splurge for the larger ones. Stick to what would look natural for your... I guess pocketbook in that in that realm. Interesting, very interesting. I mean, if you look at it that way, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on jewelry for someone special, I hope there's somebody w- special. Would they rather it be a smaller diamond or a big old honking moissanite? That that's up to you. You're the one spending a grand on somebody. I hope you know them well enough to know which one they would like. I was just going to say. I feel like you should have that. that that is a conversation that should totally be had prior to the Instagram post of, look at this rock. John got me. And then things don't work out. And she goes to sell rock or give rock back or I don't know that. You know what? It's good thing. <laughs> and it's a good thing. I don't I haven't heard that name until until now. But hey, look, times are tough out there. And, you know, get married without the ring, whatever, whatever. Maybe. Moissanite. Hey, Moissanite. It's Moissanite. Oh, so many girls right now Googling what <laughs> characteristics of Moissanite and seeing what what that comes. You know, though, I wonder I've got so much costume jewelry. I had um Great aunts that were just in the 20s and 30s and the 40s who just really took to that time. And we have some legitimate, wonderful family diamonds that have been passed down that are legit. But they also have massive, I don't know if it's moissanite or cubic, but they're they're clearly not. Probably not moissanite. If I'm, not I, I'm not a gym expert, but I did go down a rabbit hole on it one time. And if I'm not mistaken, moissanite is usually taken from meteorites like it's it's a little bit rarer than cubic zirconia which cubic zirconia and even cheaper than that glass like crystal glass was used in costume jewelry but there was a time where costume jewelry was appreciated or like worn way more Openly it was the trend. and flamboyant, flamboyantly. I mean, we've got 
necklaces and earrings that you it would look like Princess Di wore, but obviously that ain't come from our family. But they had it and they loved it and they wore it with their furs and they did the whole thing and you know at just a different putting time on the ritz putting on the ritz just a different time different different style different sort of um sort of way in that way now you got me wanting to go get in a get, now i'm curious about all the jewelry that i got hid in a in a closet somewhere wondering what that what that may or or may not be well what i was alluding to about how i don't think it's moissanite in the 20s and 30s jewelry is because I don't think they were digging up meteorites to then turn them into jewelry at that point in time. I don't know. I want to say that came around in the 80s or 90s. Jeff and Pontotoc, um asked, I think you would want a moon rock, Rebecca. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know how well it would look on something. I mean, it wouldn't be as... Well, I don't think shiny. they would just set a moon rock. They would probably take, like, moon dust or something and inlay it into a ring. I feel like that's something... What's his name? Telsa X founder, what's his Elon? Uh, yes, like he would have that for his fifteen baby mamas. Here's a moon rock for you. Flew up there myself and got it and came back. That's how it would be kind of interesting. I went all the way to the moon just for you. Brought back this rock. <laughs> kind of like people who, who buy you stars and buy all the things oh, yeah. in that way too but i named a star after you they don't know about it but it's named after you the new thing now i do think it's kind of cool but i don't know the legitimacy of it because everything feels like a scam but you can get um like for your kids and stuff to track endangered animals like you get their name and you get like where they're at and a gps whatever and then you get like a bracelet or whatever that's got like the tiger or the elephant or the rhino sort of on it and it's obviously help supposed to help for saving. raises money for conservation yes i don't know how true it is but if it is true that's pretty cool to think that you know you supported a, a baby rhino out there and you could fictitiously follow him around all day whether <laughs> whether it works or not it's to, to, at least the the premise seems to be a good thing, but I don't know. I haven't checked that, so don't don't think that that's a good thing until you do your research. But stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Good things. Don't forget you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. If you head on over to supertalk.fm, you'll find our Super Talk Mississippi news team covering your Mississippi news stories. You can stay up to date and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Just do that over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And while we were talking about moon rocks and moissanite and 
all the things, you may want to know that there is a meteor shower that's actually coming our way. It's coming tomorrow night through Thursday. So that's December the 13th through the December the 14th. How do you say it, Rhino? Geminids. Geminids. What does that mean, Geminids? No, I want to say it's from – it's because the meteors will be coming out of the Gemini constellation. Oh. Because it does sound like the Geminids are coming. Like it feels like <laughs> we know them. They're friendly. Like let's get out and watch. So apparently the moon will be at 1% full on Thursday or I guess into Thursday or whatever. So it's the you need to find a darker location. So if you're in the middle of a city, so to speak, you may not be able to see them as well. But if you do live off the grid or rural, then you may have a better chance of giving them um, a good view. Have you ever gotten the chance to see a, a full-blown meteor shower? Uh, not a full-blown meteor shower, but I have caught several meteors just on various trips up and down the Natchez Trace because it's got a lot of really dark spots when you get about halfway between Tupelo and Jackson. You just pull off on a little turnoff and look up above the trees, and there's more stars than you ever thought you could imagine. You wonder, too, like, I think we've all cut, caught a, is it a wishing star or a shooting, shooting star. star, which they call it a wishing star. You wonder, though, is that a is that a meteor? Or, I mean, because it goes by so fast. Oh, yeah. But I guess a meteor shower is just multiple of them. And it happens so quickly, you almost stop to think, did I just, do we just see that? Right? Is that Superman? Well, a meteor shower, not to get too technical. Get technical. Is the, the Earth is moving around the sun it's orbiting the sun and there's a cloud of little bitty space rocks little meteors that our orbit passes through and that's why you have a shower of them is because you're going through a higher concentration of meteoroids that can fall to the earth and become meteorites whereas on a normal night you only have what's coming at the earth which is very little that's why we're still around and let's keep it that way go in a different direction et phone home and another and i mean another look at it this way if every time you looked up at the night sky it was a constant meteor shower that would mean the earth lives in a pretty dangerous area of space because there's constantly rocks being thrown at it the fact that it's a rarer occurrence just shows how safe the Earth is in our little spot in the universe. My simple brain goes to a meteor shower reminds me of my favorite Christmas lights that you find where it's the ones that they go up and then down like they're the, the long Christmas lights and you put them usually outside and they look like icicles, I guess is a better way of saying it. And they start, the light starts at the top and then it sort of dwindles them down oh, and yeah. it looks like a cascading media shower in a tree obviously a lot more and not scientific at all but that's what like that's what i envision when i when i think of them and there's some of my there's some of my favorite the what has jeff said the something meteor shower and leonid the, leonid why why they can't give them normal names why why well, they got to go for the hard things? Uh, meteor shower in twenty in two thousand was awesome. Lots of fireballs. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. That that really um, is what you want to hear coming coming from the sky. On the ceasefire text line, somebody asked how little the rocks are. We're talking about pea size, golf ball size, Buick size. 
Uh, the the cloud of rocks that the Earth will be passing through for the Geminid meteor shower has all those and more. But usually, if you see a shooting star or you have a a, a storm of meteor showers, they're going to be pretty small. Anytime get you get up atmosphere? to the size of like golf ball, baseball, anything bigger, that's going to be a very bright shooting star. You're going to notice it. When it's the size of a pea entering the atmosphere, that's the one you're just going to barely catch out of the corner of your eye. And you're going to question, did I see a shooting star? It's because it was burning up really fast. Because our atmosphere should take care oh, yeah. of like, be part of what's the movie with the big meteor is that was that armageddon well that was two of them that came out about the same time you had armageddon and deep impact leave it on a positive note (laughs) 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 wrap that up real great the earth survived both movies let's just go on and say that all right stick with us you got more up next to the boys you got uh, sports talk mississippi from three to six rhino and i'll meet you back here tomorrow at two but until then i hope you all find time for the good things Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.